welcome to Tax Talks. This is Christopher Stefanik, and on today's episode, Andrea Leah and I will be discussing some unique social media stars and their potential tax consequences. Andrea, do you want to get us started? Sure. Thanks, Chris. Let's start with the question of, does my dog have to pay taxes? Well, of course, usually no, but what if my dog or other animal earns me the owner income? This is a question that Leslie Mosier had to ask herself when her pug, Doug, became nationally famous and began earning her an income. For those of you not familiar with Doug the Pug, he is a pug that is essentially a celebrity. He has over 18 million followers across all of his social media accounts, which includes an Instagram page, a Twitter account, and a YouTube channel. So what are some ways he earns income? Doug the Pug is unique in the sense that he earns money in ways that celebrities traditionally earn money and in ways that social media influencers earn money. From his social media channels, he's earning money through ads and the sale of merchandise. As far as traditional ways of earning money, he's done everything from celebrity appearances with Shakira in Barcelona, Ed Sheeran, and the Jonas Brothers. He has a book titled Doug the Pug, King of Pop Culture, and has done a book tour with signings. His brand extension includes a deal with Claire's Company and other lines of merchandise like puzzles, plush toys, and greeting cards. He's been featured in magazines like Cosmopolitan and has done music videos with Katy Perry. His most recent accomplishment was he was featured in the Netflix film, The Mitchells vs. The Machines, where his sounds like snoring, grumbling, and slurping were used um, as animations in the film. Oh, wow. So he's really like a celebrity and has multiple income streams. Yeah, he really is. Um, so while we don't know how Leslie structures her business, she does face some unique challenges given her income is generated by her dog. A couple of big picture issues that come to mind are international and state tax issues, what kind of expenses she can claim, and if Doug would be considered a depreciable asset of the business. So let's take a look at each big picture issue and see what the primary tax authority has to say. The first issue I somewhat glazed over because I don't really think there's much of a question for Leslie and Doug the Pug is whether the income generated is from a business or a hobby. Leslie has been generate, generating a profit from Doug for over three years out of a five-year period, which is the Safe Harbor test under IRC Section 183D, and this presumes that an activity is it to be engaging for profit if that Safe Harbor test is met. So uh, we bring this up because smaller-scale pet stars on social media would need to consider whether they would be considered engaging for profit or if their income would be hobby income under various tests under IRC section 183. You mentioned earlier that Doug the Pug has been to other countries like Spain to meet Shakira. Does he have other business activities generating revenue in other states? What are the implications of that? Well, it can start to get complicated really quickly. Um, for Spain, uh, the United States has a treaty with a tax treaty with them. And in Article 19 of this treaty, it addresses income earned from entertainers and athletes. It says that income is taxable in Spain if income earned by the entertainer exceeds 10,000 US dollars. I think Doug the Pub's activities are considered entertainment. So as long as he didn't earn more than $10,000 from the photo shoot, he would not need to pay Spain taxes. But the good news is if, there, if he did earn more than $10,000, Leslie would likely be able to deduct the foreign tax paid from the U.S. tax owed under IRC Section 901, which is subject to limitations. These limits are outlined in IRC Section 904, which says the total amount 
of the credit taken under Section 901A shall not exceed the same proportion of the tax against which such credit is taken, which is the taxpayer's taxable income from sources without the United States, but not in excess of the taxpayer's entire taxable income. So basically, if Leslie paid $500 in taxes to Spain, but the same income in the United States would result in only $400 in taxes to the U.S., she can only take the $400 credit. And also, the credit can't produce a refund for her, so it can only apply up to the amount it brings her liability, her tax liability to zero, not below it. So what about Tennessee state taxes? So Leslie and Doug live in Tennessee. That's why we're uh, addressing Tennessee state taxes. And under Tennessee code TCA section 67-4-2007, Tennessee imposes a 6.25% excise tax on net earnings for any business doing business in the state of Tennessee. Additionally, Tennessee imposes a franchise tax on all corporations, LLCs, and partnerships. The tax is based on net worth, which Tennessee calculates as assets minus liabilities. The rate is 25 cents per $100 of the taxpayer's net worth. And also there's a minimum payment of $100 in franchise taxes. So it's also important to note that Doug the Pug recently set up a nonprofit foundation called Doug the Pug Foundation. And they are a recognized nonprofit in the state of Tennessee and are federally exempt under IRC Section 501c3. The organization provides support to families who have a child battling cancer or other life-threatening illnesses, and any revenue from this foundation would be exempt from both Tennessee and federal taxes. We'll move on to what expenses Leslie can likely claim as deductions on her tax return. She probably has typical expenses like salaries for assistants and managers, marketing costs, and cost of goods sold for Doug's merchandise. These are all normal business expenses that would, that would be deductible under Section 162A. One expense that I can think of that could be unique is pet life insurance for Doug. Yes, such a thing does exist, and for most owners, it exists to cover the cost of final expenses for their pet, like cremation. But it also exists beyond those benefits for high-value dogs like Doug, ARC International Group offers full mortality and theft insurance, as well as limited mortality and theft insurance for high-value animals. Like humans, the animal has to be in good health to be eligible for coverage. So this leads to the question, if Leslie did purchase this type of life insurance for Doug, would she be able to deduct the premiums? We look to guidance in Treasury Regulation 1.62-1A that tells us that premiums paid are not deductible for, from the taxpayer's gross income if they are paid on life insurance policies covering the life of any officer or employee of the taxpayer, including the taxpayer. As strange as it is, I think Doug could be considered an officer in the business, so we would advise Leslie not to deduct this expense. Other expenses, which become a little more tricky to determine their deductibility, would be things like Doug's grooming or even the outfits that he wears. Generally speaking, under IRC Section 262, personal living and family expenses are not tax deductible. Additionally, the tax court ruled in Camper versus Commissioner that deductions for business expenses, including clothing, hair, nail, and makeup expenses, are not deductible business expenses. Mrs. Hamper claimed they should be as she is a news anchor and these things were required to maintain professionalism in her job. The court disagreed 
saying her clothing could be worn outside of the business setting. And this case also cites a different case, Yeomans versus Commissioner, which determined that cost of clothing is only a deductible expense when the clothing is required in the taxpayer's employment, the clothing is not suitable for general or personal wear, and the clothing is not worn for general wear. I think Leslie would have a hard time arguing that any of Dunn's outfits meet this criteria, since he doesn't really need clothes at all and anything he did wear would not be distinguished outside of general wear. A deduction that Leslie may be eligible for is an in-home office deduction. If she has a dedicated room in her house that is solely used for business, including photo shoots, planning work, other administrative work, she may be able to deduct a portion of this as a business expense. Lastly, we'll talk about whether Doug qualifies as an asset and if Leslie can take a depreciation deduction for him. There are limited situations where dog owners may be able to take a depreciation deduction for their dog. Some examples would be a business guard dog, a service dog, or a dog that is used for breeding. The owners of these animals could likely depreciate their dogs using IRC section 168E, since they likely have a lifespan of more than 10 years, but less than 16, they would be depreciated for seven years. However, I'm not convinced that Doug could be a depreciable asset. In the previous description, all of these dogs were purchased for a specific purpose other than being a personal pet. As far as I know, Leslie never imagined or knew that Doug would become so famous, and she purchased him because she wanted a pet. If she had sought out Doug to start a business, she might qualify. But I think she is safer not trying to claim this depreciation deduction. Plus, the average price of a purebred bug is between $1,500 and $2,500. So I don't think the deduction is worth the risk. All this is super interesting. I might need to see if my dog can generate some revenue. He's really great at generating some liabilities. Now let's take a look at some of the tax implications of our human social media talent. Many of the implications Doug the Pug has encountered are also relative to the human social media stars and influencers as well. Several tax issues that are relevant to human influencers include determining their employee or contractor status, what is considered income, their work location, and deductions such as work vehicle. So is a social media star or influencer considered to be an employee or contractor for the companies that sponsor them? One of the primary sources of income for social media stars or influencers is through marketing whether it be brand partnerships or sponsored posts and ads. The IRS would deem income from these sources as earned as an independent contractor, which can be analyzed and derived from the 20 factors within Revenue Ruling 8741. In short, since these companies are not dictating how, when, or through what means social media influencers complete the job, and because they are likely not providing them with the equipment necessary to perform their influencer duties, these individuals are almost always classified as independent contractors. What is considered income to an influencer? Just the monetary compensation or are they promoted, are the promoted products provided to the influencer considered income as well? To report the income earned, each company that the influencer promotes a product for or advertises for will provide them with a 1099 miscellaneous, which breaks down the amount of income they receive from each company that they partner with, provided they receive compensation of at least $600 or more. This is further detailed under IRC 6041. It is important to note the monetary value of any products, merchandise, 
or services provided to the influencers in exchange for their promotion on social media will also be included in their 1099 miscellaneous as taxable income. So does the location of work matter? Location of where you live and work absolutely does matter. As we saw with Doug the Pug residing in the state of Tennessee. However, it's also important to note that if you are an influencer living in California or Florida, both can have very different tax implications. Although both will pay the same rate of federal income tax, living in Florida would enable the individual to pay no state income tax on their income. This could be significant savings. Location can also play a role when travel is involved. A trip to, to perform work may be deductible if the trip consists of mostly business, which needs to be tracked meticulously in time and days. The trip must be an ordinary and necessary expense in the eyes of the IRS. For example, if you traveled to San Francisco and you wanted to run a sports car instead of a standard car, the IRS is not going to allow such a deduction as it would be viewed as a lavish or extravagant expense under IRC 162. What about a personal vehicle? Are you able to depreciate a vehicle and or miles that you drive? If you drive the vehicle for 1099 contract work, you may be able to deduct your vehicle expense or mileage. The best and safest way to track the miles you drive is to keep a log for any business mileage, not personal errands. For 2021, the IRS standard mileage rate is 56 cents per mile. The second option is to deduct actual expenses, such as fuel, insurance, maintenance, depreciation, et cetera. This can become very tricky if the individual drives the car for both business and personal use, as the expenses would need to be proportionally allocated. What if the influencer decided to purchase a fancy luxury car? For purchased vehicles, IRC 280F subsection A specifically defines the limitation on depreciation for luxury automobiles to be $10,000 for the first taxable year, $16,000 for the second taxable year, $9,600 for the third taxable year, and $5,760 for each succeeding taxable year. The vehicle need to be used for less than 50% personal use. For lease vehicles, if the car is used solely for business, the full cost of the lease is deductible. However, under, however, under Section 280F, requires the deduction to be reduced by an amount that's substantially equivalent to the limits on the depreciation deductions owners of a vehicle receive. Based on the fair market value of the leased vehicle, there will be an inclusion amount that reduces the deduction. The idea is to balance out the tax benefits of leasing a luxury car instead of purchasing it. Further guidance can be found for both purchased and leased vehicles under IRC 280F and guidance for 2021 within Revenue Procedure 2021-31. As we can see, the tax implications for social media influencers can be quite complex. As their status grows, we highly recommend they seek out a good CPA to assist with their tax planning. Thank you all for joining us today.